Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're reading from Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, Section 8, The Beautiful Relationship, Paragraph 60 to 66. To access an original edition, you can go to jcim.net, and on the homepage you will see a link that says the online edition. Our call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time where we gather and read each paragraph twice until we are finished with our daily reading assignment. After that, we open up the call for sharing. And when we share, we say our names, and when we're finished, we let everyone know by saying, I am complete. We continue our workbook lesson practice where we remember when anyone is reading, speaking, listening now or later that they are the Son of God. And we also invite our daily workbook lesson number 301, and God himself shall wipe away all tears. Finally, we ask you to mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute um, device on, excuse me, your own function on your um, device. So has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? Yes, this is Ida. I'd like to be on the, the list, please. Great. Thank you. All right, so here's who I have so far, and I please forgive me if I've forgotten anyone. So Fran, Reverend Regis, Sharon, Carl, Ida. Lee, are you here? Not yet. All right. In this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Sharon for morning prayer. Sharon? might be on mute. Whoops, sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) Dear Brother Jesus, I catch a glimpse of a glimpse of of true abundance when I read that we are in fact so complete that we need nothing. This tells me we have everything we could possibly want to make us totally joyous. It reminds me of that childhood prayer, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I understand the reason we, quote, shall not want, is that not only is connection with God the ultimate satisfaction, but that we are, in fact, totally connected with him in truth at all times. We are not separated from God to even the slightest degree. As you say, there is no gap between us. And as we discover the nature of our love for all beings, we discover what God is. It is what we are. And yes, I can see that our sickness is simply our denial of our perfect health, which comes from our union with ultimate health, ultimate love. This is also, quote, the call to healing and the call to heal, unquote. You teach us that either I am separate from my brother or, quote, you are as one. There is no in-between, no other choice, unquote. And no 
mixed feelings about whether or not it is best to be joined with our brothers. No confusion, no fear, which holds us just a little away from another for the sake of remaining, quote, safe. It is such a relief to be reminded that this body, this world, is not our home, but a vehicle for reaching our home. Their journey through this life to our true home reminds me of that which the pioneers called home as they traveled to the Oregon country. A roof made of flimsy canvas, wheels that broke crossing sharp boulders, and groaning joints buffeted about by swift river crossings. These traveling, quote, homes could not feel like home, really. Their homes were in their minds, in their future, built on solid foundations beside flowing streams. Yet, our true home is accessible right here and now. And you tell us that it is so wonderful that while our minds are full of our limiting thoughts, we can scarcely imagine its beauty, strength, and complete safety. It is the home, quote, where God abides, unquote. You teach us that when we make this, we experience healing on all levels, including that of our bodies. We employ our bodies to help us find our true healing. The body, quote, serves to help the healing of God's Son, and for this purpose, it cannot be sick. It will not join a purpose, not your own, and you have chosen that it not be sick, quote, unless we choose sickness, a way of experiencing our our oneness with spirit, unless we choose the thought of separation. And along with our belief in sick, in sickness and separation, we believe that we are alone. Since we believe we are alone, we do not realize how much we affect each other. We have no idea. That is, <laughs> until we do. And yet, there is absolutely no benefit to us whatsoever in believing that all this lack and isolation is true. We struggle every day to build safety for ourselves within a home that is deteriorating all around us. We fasten a beam here, but the roof caves in there. We bolt the door against the wind, but a foot falls through a rotting floor. It cannot be otherwise. This world in which we live is built on entropy. You describe our true home in this way. Quote, your home is built upon your brother's health, upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him. No secret promise you have made instead has shaken the foundation of his home. The winds will blow upon it, and the rain will beat against it, but with no effect. The world will wash away, and yet this house will stand forever, for its strength lies not within itself alone. It is an ark of safety, 
resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself. Unquote. Dear Brother Jesus, I choose to invite vision so that I am able to experience this for myself. I want to know my safety in this moment above all else. My egoic thoughts tell me I am in danger. And yet, in Lesson 244, we learned, I am in danger nowhere in the world. Your son is safe wherever he may be, for you are there with him. He need but call upon your name, and he will recollect his safety and your love, for they are one. How can he fear or doubt or fail to know he cannot suffer, be endangered, or experience unhappiness when he belongs to you, beloved and loving, in the safety of your fatherly embrace? And there we are in truth. No storms can come into the hallowed haven of our home. In God we are secure. For what can come to threaten God himself or make afraid what will forever be a part of him? Unquote. Thank you for drawing me ever more certainly to this understanding. We can enter into it through seeing so many angles. We can realize the beauty and innocence of another. We can open up to seeing how well cared for we are. We can support our bodies in assisting the healing of our minds. We can support our minds in the healing of our bodies. But ultimately, it is through our forgiveness that our safety and union become evident. Teach me, dear Brother Jesus, to see that true forgiveness is, to see what true forgiveness is, and to offer it to others, but mostly to ourselves. I forgive myself for believing I have been sick, separate, and alone, for in this I see the need to attack. Thank God. I know from the depths of my being that none of this is true. You and I are one, and therefore all my brothers and sisters are one with me. Thank God for that. Reality, reality could not be more wonderful as far as I know. Thank you for your help in going home. I love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Section 8. Excuse me. The Beautiful Relationship. 60. God asks for nothing, and his son, like him, need ask for nothing, for there is no lack in him. An empty space, a little gap, would be a lack. And it is only there that he could want for something that he has not. 
a space where God is not. A gap between the Father and the Son is not the will of either, who have promised to be one. God's promise is a promise to himself, and there is no one who could be untrue to what he wills as part of what he is. The promise that there is no gap between himself and what he is cannot be false. And what will can come between what must be one and in whose wholeness can there be no gap? Fran, 1661, please. The beautiful relationship, 60. God asks for nothing, and his son, like him, need ask for nothing. For there is no lack in him. An empty space, a little gap, would be a lack. And it is only there that he could want for something he has not. A space where God is not, a gap between the Father and the Son, is not the will of either who have promised to be one. God's promise is promise to himself, and there is no one who could be untrue to what he wills as part of what he is. The promise that there is no gap between himself and what he is cannot be false. What will can come between what must be one and whose wholeness there can be no gap. 61. The beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers is a part of you because it is a part of God himself. Are you not sick if you deny yourself your wholeness and your health, the source of help, the call to healing, and the call to heal? Your Savior waits for healing, and the world waits with him. Nor are you apart from it, for healing will be one or not at all. It's oneness being where the healing lies. What could correct for separation, but its opposite? There is no middle ground in any aspect of salvation. You accept it wholly or accept it not. What is unseparated must be joined, and what is joined cannot be separate. Thank you, Fran. Reverend Regis, 61 and 62, please. Okay, 61. The beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers is a part of you because it is a part of God himself. Are you not sick if you deny yourself your wholeness and your health, the source of health, the call to healing, and the call to heal? Your Savior waits for healing, and the world waits with him. Nor are you apart from it, for healing will be one or not at all. It's oneness being where the healing lies. What could correct? for separation, but it's opposite. There is no middle ground in any aspect of salvation. You accept it wholly or accept it not. What is unseparated must be joined, and what is joined cannot be separate. 62. Either there is a gap between you and your brother, or you are as one. There is no in between, no other choice, and no allegiance to be split between the two. A split allegiance is but faithlessness to both, and merely sets you spinning round to grasp uncertainly 
at any straw that seems to hold some promise of relief. Yet who can build his home upon a straw and count on it as shelter from the wind? The body can be made a home like this because it lacks foundation in the truth. And yet, because it does, it can be seen as not your home, but merely as an aid to help you reach the home where God abides. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Sharon, 62 and 63, please. Either there is a gap between you and your brother, or you are as one. There is no in-between, no other choice, and no allegiance to be split between the two. A split allegiance is but faithfulness, faithlessness to both and merely sets you spinning around to grasp uncertainly at any straw that seems to hold some promise of a release. Yet, who can build his home upon a straw and count on it as shelter from the wind? The body can be made a home like this because it lacks foundation in the truth. And yet, because it does, it can be seen as not your home, but merely as an aid to help you reach the home where God abides. With this as purpose, is the body healed? It is not used to witness to the dream of separation and disease, nor is it idly blamed for what it did not do. It serves to help the healing of God's Son, and for this purpose, it cannot be sick. Ah. It will not join a purpose not your own. And you have chosen that it not be sick. All miracles are based upon this choice and given you the instant it is made. No forms of sickness are immune because the choice cannot be made in terms of form. The choice of sickness seems to be a form yet it is one as its opposite. You are sick or well accordingly. Thank you, Sharon. Carl, 63 and 64, please. With this as purpose is the body healed. It is not used to witness to the dream of separation and disease, nor is it idly blamed for what it did not do. It serves to help the healing of God's Son, and for this purpose it cannot be sick. It will not join a purpose not your own, and you have chosen that it not be sick. All miracles are based upon this choice and giving you the instant it is made. No forms of sickness are immune because the choice cannot be made in terms of form. The choice of sickness seems to be a form, yet it is one as it as is its opposite and you are and you are sick or well accordingly 64 but never you alone this world is but the dream that you can be alone and think without affecting those apart from you 
To be alone must mean you are apart, and if you are, you cannot but be sick. This seems to prove that you must be apart. All it means is that you tried to keep a promise to be true to faithlessness, yet faithlessness is sickness. It is like the house set upon straw. It seems to be quite solid and substantial in itself, yet its stability cannot be judged apart from its foundation. If it rests on straw, there is no need to bar the door and lock the windows and make fast the bolts. The wind will topple it, and rain, and rain will come and carry it into oblivion. Thank you, Carl. I have a 64 and 65, please. Ida? Yes, please. Thank you. 64. But never you alone. This world is but the dream that you can be alone and think without affecting those apart from you. To be alone must mean you are apart, and if you are, you cannot but be sick. This seems to prove that you must be apart. Yet all it means is that you try to keep a promise to be true to faithlessness. Yet faithlessness is sickness. It is like the house set upon straw. It seems to be quite solid and substantial in itself. Yet its stability cannot be judged apart from its foundation. If it rests on straw, there is no need to bar the door and lock the windows and make fast the bolts. The wind will topple it and rain will come and carry it into oblivion. 65. What is the sense in seeking to be safe in what was made for danger and for fear? Why burden it with further locks and chains and heavy anchors when its weakness lies not in itself but in the frailty of a little gap of nothingness whereon it stands? What can be safe which rests upon a shadow? Would you build your home upon what will collapse beneath a feather's weight? Thank you, Ida. And do we have a new reader, please, for 65 and 66? Mary, I can read. Thanks, Mary. What is the sense in seeking to be safe in what was made for danger and for fear? Why burden it with further locks and chains and heavy anchors when its weakness lies not in itself, but in the frailty of the little gap of nothingness whereon it stands? What can be safe which rests upon a shadow? Would you build your home upon what will collapse beneath a feather's weight? 66. Your home is built upon your brother's health, upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him. No secret promise you have made instead has has shaken the foundation of his home. The winds will blow upon it, and the rain will beat against it, but with no effect. The world will wash away, 
and yet this house will stand forever. For its strength lies not within itself alone. It is an ark of safety resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself. What gap can interpose itself between the safety of this shelter and its source? From here the body can be seen as what it is, and neither less nor more in worth than the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's Son unto his home. And with this holy purpose is it made a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. Thank you, Mary. And do we have a new reader, please, for 66? All right, Fran, 66, please. Your home is built upon your brother's house, upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him. No secret promise you have made instead has shaken the foundation of his home. The winds will blow upon it, and the rain will beat against it, but with no effect. The world will wash away, and yet this house will stand forever, for its strength lies not within itself alone. It is an ark of safety, resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself. What gap can interpose itself between the safety of this shelter and its source? From here, the body can be seen as what it is, and neither less nor more in worth than the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's son unto his home. And with this holy purpose, is it made a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. Thank you, friend. And with this holy purpose, it is made a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. Amen. The floor is open. This is Reverend Rita Joy, and I was thinking that, you know how we have a new special topic, the Christ's second coming? Well, it says, what is the second coming? And it begins with Christ's second coming. And we are the, we are the Christ. And this whole section hurls, I think for me, it hurls back to uh, 1559 and that, and that promise. Uh, you know, that... Uh, you know, the, that the promise was that we are, we are one. There's no gap between me and my source. That we're one. And when I remember that, when I remember that not only is that true, but there's no gap between me and my brother, then 
that separation is healed. He said that's the only thing we need to do is heal the sense of separation, which we somehow bought into. And I believe it feels like that's the second coming. You know, the Christ knowing, knowing that it's all, it's all based on identity, knowing that who, who we are. We are, we are the Christ. We are the Christ mind at one with our source. We haven't separated. And so from that perspective, we view, every, we view the body, we view the world, we view everything from that perspective. And uh, it, it just, it shifts. Everything shifts. And uh, ideas of sickness and health being among them, among the ideas, the concepts of this world that shift. But it's from that perspective of identity who we are this is really really beautiful look at the end where he said um, okay it is an ark of safety resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself we haven't separated we thought we did we are safe and if we could know that we could see that this body, that this, the holy purpose of where we find ourselves in, in time and space, it can, we can let it be a home at the end where he says a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. So it's a, a means to, it mean, it's a means for the second coming of Christ through us. To, to know that oneness is to hold the truth for our brothers. I'm, I think that's uh, what I wanted to share. Thanks. I'm complaining. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I was using all of you to deal with a little gap last night. At the meeting that I was at. I think I'm unmuted, but I don't know. We can hear you. Oh, we, yeah, we, we can, can hear, hear you, Rob. We're waiting for oh. more. <laughs> I told you your ears would be burning. Um, and it, it it really came to a point when a died-in-the-wool um, FIP aficionado was insisting that we were all illusions and that everything was going to disappear. And um, 
I tried to explain some of the principles that Raj had pointed out that the bodies are for identification during this period and that didn't seem to do very well uh, because um, another person joined him in that belief and began to postulate reasoning behind the belief that everything here was an illusion. And to me, everything here is temporary, but very real for the purposes of learning. And I tried to say this to them, but they continued on their way. And I finally said, you have to put everything together. There are thousands of people out there studying and integrating with this, and they don't all believe this foundation of inner peace idea of a benign death. They actually believe in the idea of a immortality and a change of mind to achieve it. And Jesus did not disappear after the crucifixion. There was the resurrection and all the appearances. I believe there were six appearances afterwards. And he at one point said, give me a fish. I I want something to eat. Um, Thomas, put your hand in the wound um, to try to emphasize the fact that bodies may be temporary or um, not completely in God's being, but a divine offspring of God has made them for a temporary learning function. And I don't know for sure whether I got that point across, but I did make I did make some of the people that were determined to look at the world as controlled by the ego, one of them said, that, uh, no, that the world is actually controlled by the Holy Spirit, as Jesus. And it was fun. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. I love this. this. Is, uh, go ahead, Rob. This is a discussion group, so if you guys find some deficiency in what I'm saying, help me. I'm trying to learn. I just, well, uh, what you were sharing just really, I happened to be looking at the last paragraph when you were sharing, Rob, and, um, yeah, this is the last couple of sentences in this section where it says, from here the body can be seen as what it is and neither less nor more in worth than this. The extent to which it can be used to liberate God's Son unto his home. And for me, what I thought was interesting is what is my home? My home... <laughs> Uh, rests in my relationship, my beautiful relationship 
which this body provides for that purpose in terms of communication and uh, so I just um, and just share with you Rob um, at least a sense that the body um, to me is representative of the bridge um, that we can allow it to be you know I think everything about this experience for me in the world is um, I make everything holy by the purpose which I give to it. And what I, what, that's what I, I think that this section is really talking about is that there's a, there's a sense in which the body can feel to be as a separation, but when it's given to the purpose of joining, the greater joining we read in the, in the last section, it's all about being able to connect and relate with my brother who does think he's a body, perhaps. So what a wonderful bridge it is when I bring the Holy Spirit, which is connected to my brother, although he doesn't relate to it in that way, and I can look into his eyes and see the Christ that we share, and my body becomes the bridge of the Holy Spirit in which my brother can awaken as I demonstrate the love of Christ to him. You know, the, uh, one of, speaking of Raj, his, has a wonderful meditation he shared a few weeks ago about uh, the intimacy which he shares with us and wants us to share with each other and, you know, I think that's what the body is for when it's seen as a holy gift in which I can commune with my brother. <laughs> um, it gives me something to bring this incredible holy uh, awareness which includes everything and brings it down into a focal point in which all that is, which is God, can be shared in a finite, precise, connected way. And I think that's it's a, uh, it's it's a he is part of the healing for me in this section when I see that as I become others centered as my mind becomes other-centered, as part of who I am, and then, then that, that's, that's where this house 
is, the house in which my true home is, is in my relationship with my brother, which this body is a teaching tool for me in order to how to orient myself and give myself to another to be present, to be available, to be able to serve, to be able to support. And that's not just in my mind. It gives me a tool to go and to, to actually do it, to behave, as Raj has been speaking of recently, to give an actual focus for mind to be channeled through and to. I'm complete. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, this is Reverend Regia Joy, and uh, in in light of uh, the experience that Rob had last night um, as well, uh, I remember that there's a wonderful part in the course. It's Chapter Nine, and it's uh, it's called the Correction of Error. And this is where he says something to us that I think is a little. Sometimes it's hard to understand. Because he says, well, here's, here's what he said. He said, um, it's in the introduction, errors are of the ego, and correction of errors of any kind lies solely in the relinquishment of the ego. When you correct a brother, you are telling him that he is wrong. He may be making no sense at the time, and it is certain that if he is speaking from the ego, he will be making no sense. But your task, is still to tell him he is right. You do not tell him this verbally if he is speaking foolishly because he needs correction at another level since his error is at another level. He is still right because he is the son of God. He is a son of God. His ego is always wrong no matter what it says or does. I love that quote. I mean, that's the end of the quote. I love that because my task is not to correct my brother um, or, or even to correct myself. It's to see my brother and myself as we truly are. We are the Son of God. We are right. If we're in our ego, we're wrong and we're always wrong, and that's a given. But the healing comes when we stay with what is true and not address what is, um, in other words, not address the darkness or what we perceive as darkness. Uh, there is a truth in our brother. It's there. It's real. There's a truth in me. It's real. That's what I want to emphasize or want to come from. So it may be that I... I address that truth no matter what my brother's saying because that's what's real beneath what I think is right and what he thinks is right. He thinks is right. There is a reality. Truth is true. And that's what I want to reach for in myself and in my brother. And that's what heals. Not the surface, not changing the chairs on the Titanic, as they call it, not rearranging the illusion. I don't need my brother 
to be any different than he is because he is perfect. I'm complete. Thank you. Okay, now, what you just did was in the... Um, um, milieu of a group that is discussing the course, not out in life, not out at a party, not in business. We're here to discuss the course. We were there last night to discuss the course. All of these people are right on a pin. They don't know which way to go. They they are worried and upset and concerned with their lives because they're looking at it from the benign death or illusion and it's affecting them all. But they need to see that the correct mind and the correct outlook is the one that produces heaven. My emphasis was last night on we are in a heaven. Jesus has never said we are in a hell. Jesus has never said the outlet to this hell is going to be a benign death. Jesus never has said the ego is in charge of the world. So we're there to hew to Jesus' ideas through his words. And when his words are changed as they are so often in the FIP version, uh, it confuses people. And all I did was stand for the version that is Jesus's. And so I appreciate you bringing up nine, because that is exactly the way I'm supposed to be down at the car dealership, at the uh, swimming pool, out in the parties. But we're discussing A Course in Miracles and its precepts. So in this case, I am happy for the um, new view uh, of the correct attitude when we're out in the world. This is a kind of a teaching forum, and I really appreciate that. I'm done. Boy, I've loved all of this. Thank you, guys. Thank you both. Thanks, Rob. I, um, I, I'm kind of feeling a call uh, to pray um, for healing in the course community, uh, for perceived differences uh, that are um, not real. Um, I just... Um, You know, I'll just I'll just say I, I know it's a learning experience for myself here. I I've been resistant personally to any idea that would uh, minimize the beauty and the glory of this life. I've I have I think at times perhaps done so in in a state of ego mind. Uh, because it's it's a type of uh, special relationship I have with my ego, uh, 
as a way of holding tight to a sense of my own identity. Uh, but I, I just want to express a willingness that, you know, I have to continue and, and desire to be teachable. And I, I hope that for your, you and your community there, that there would be a, an openness to the Holy Spirit's correction, whatever be true and whatever be of, of uh, that would, would bring you guys more into a state of unity, which I know is is what the Course ultimately wants for all of us. So I just extend that hope and desire that uh, uh, the true message of the Course of oneness be uh, the preeminent experience uh, that dawns upon the minds of the dear ones there. I'm complete. Well, I, I, I wonder about this idea that I had, that this is a forum to understand the Course, not a normal interaction out in the world. This is a place where one person brings up a precept of the Course to all of the students here and says, see, this is what we're really needing to look at, just as just as Reagan did. And that is a thought involvement that all students should look at, and I will look at. And then I try to listen to that out in the world. I try to fit that into the world, never making anyone wrong. But in the discussion of the Course, what does existence mean? What does being mean? What does it mean, holy instant? See, last night I had a beautiful revelation on Lesson 300, which, which happens to be in the wrong place on the CIMS uh, um, lesson board this morning. Um, I, I sat and meditated on 300, and I said... That, what is this world that only lasts an instant? And just after a short time, it said, it's the opposite of the holy instant. It's the unholy instant. That's why it only lasts an instant. And each time more people utilize the holy instant, it was saying, then as the world joins in a chorus then that unholy instant will be just what it is, an instant of passing. And so the meaning, the real deep meaning of the words is very important to learn at the course instructional meetings or discussional meetings. Then, then you take it out into the world and... and Use those principles to be the Christ, if that makes any sense. I'm done. This is Sharon, and I want to just share something with, um, at this point with... A little louder, I'm, I'm hard of hearing.
I, I really can't share any louder than this because my husband is sleeping upstairs. I'll share this at another time. Thank you. Sorry. Don't let me inhibit what you want to say. You say it at your level, and I'll get along. Right, Sharon. Let's hear it. And, and Rob, you can listen later. When you listen to the recording, you can turn the volume up. That's just an idea. How do I turn the volume up? Oh, well, what, whatever. If, when you listen to the recording later, um, I'll help you with that through email, okay? Okay. Okay. Sharon, if you still want to, we're, we're ready to hear your share. Okay, I will then. Um, thank you. So, something I had to discuss with one of the course members, um, oh, or the conference call members, a while back that was really helpful for me in discussing how we, how Course in Miracles people in groups um, can benefit, can benefit from from sharing with each other. And what he said was, if I use I statements, then I can make sure that I am I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened. I hope I didn't make a I hope my cheek didn't um, mess up my communication just now. Anyway, if I speak from I statements, I'm going a long way in helping to assist with the Holy Spirit's um, unveiling of truth because no matter how well I know the Course, it is always still being expressed through me, through my own limited understanding. And that there are times when in Course groups, people will tend to speak from the a belief in their ultimate authority of understanding the truth, and it can actually discount other people's, um, uh, what would I say, their own, their own growth in the process. So that is my rule of thumb, is always to try to speak with, from I statements and not from, I know how this should be interpreted, I know that I know what this is really, and I, and if you, have a different perspective on it, then I need to correct you because, because truly the only person that is the ultimate authority is the Holy Spirit. And what may be perfect for one person to understand it at, at one time may be very different from what another person can understand it at, another, at that same time. So, I, so it is very helpful for me to continue um, with saying this is what's true for me. And it may be, it might be something you've noticed um, on this, I'm speaking to you specifically right, right now, it may be something you've noticed on this call is that often people will say something along the lines of, for me, this is true. And that's along those veins of 
of uh, speaking in that way. Thank you. I'm complete. When, when, we're, when we're learning about airplanes, when we're learning about uh, automobiles, um, elements that we have to integrate with that are foreign to the body and that are manipulated by the body, the, the accidents form in the un clear relationships of what is going on in the machine because the machine is then mishandled. Now, this is not a machine, but this is an idea from our Savior. And this idea from our Savior warrants each of us being a duplicate of our Savior in in um, a borning, uh, um, in potential, then we the, we have the oh, we ha- I always have the openness to hear what the other person says and see how it fits with all of the other principles contained in the whole of the document. And when it appears not to say, I don't say you are wrong, I merely state what I see as the correct integration of the document. At no time last night did I tell anyone that they were wrong. I just merely said the body is real temporarily. So in a discussion of learning a concept about flying, which is unusual to people, and a concept about thinking of the other as yourself, which is not the way most of us were taught. Um, it's, it's to my great advantage to have an open discussion and hear all of the, the um, various attitudes toward it and understandings toward it. I I gain greatly from it. I don't know whether I'm off base here or not. Someone please tell me. I'm done. Good morning, everyone. It's Lee. Hey, Lee, did you hear me? How are we doing? You are. <laughs> wow, you're there. Great. <laughs> I'm a late summer this morning. Yes, well, I, I, I gather from what I've heard um, what we're talking about. It sounds like, a, sounds like a great discussion to extend all the way into the uh, after call. Um, are we, are we um, have, have people... Uh, spoken a great deal about this reading yet. I'm just wondering where people are in terms of the comments on the reading as well. Take it away, Lee. <laughs> um, well, I'm uh, very happy we, to step in turn, and, and I just wondered... Uh, go ahead, Reverend Jim. Oh, yeah. Um, I... I no, we ha- we have um, discussed that, uh, but um, I believe there's a brother here who has asked uh, for some 
some healing on a situation. And I know we do that in the after call, but it will it is also a healing for all of us who listen to this call. It's mostly because it's what's in the moment. And um it's a challenge. It's the challenge of of the moment. And I feel as though it's asking us to live what we're reading. You know, and this section, what we're reading, is the beautiful relationship. And that relationship is to see that there's no gap between my brother and myself. No matter what the external situation, no matter where I am, Nothing is more special than another, no place, no time is more special than another place in time. It's all right here, and it's all right now. And that gap is not there right here and right now. So that's the way I think I could integrate uh, our reading into uh, the experience that we have when we're discussing things and we notice that someone is looking at it differently than Perhaps it seems differently than we see it. Uh, if there's any kind of angst, any kind of mm, anything but <laughs> peace and joy, we are perhaps not listening to the Holy Spirit. So I'm thinking we're, we're seeing that gap. That's going to bring us upset. There's no gap between ourselves and our source or ourselves and our brother not there no matter what no matter what situation so I think that's the challenge that I see in what a brother has brought forth and I just wanted to share it in light of our reading and we could uh, proceed however you want to thanks I'm complete thank you Reverend Rita thank you Reverend Rita thank you Reverend Rita this is Anna and I am um listening and um, and processing what is being said here. Um, the course goes both ways in that um, in people sharing, I do not expect my brother or my sister to always be perfect and to always be congenial to my my point of view. Oftentimes, there is a perceived difference, but not really a difference. And forgiveness is also in order, coming back the other direction. People on this call are at different levels of development, and that also should be respected by all members uh, of the community. And if some person comes across particularly strong in their perception at that time, that also can be forgiven and, and the gap closed through that forgiveness. Um, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks. Thank you, Anna. Nicely said. Thank you, Anna. Well, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Reparija. Thank you, both of you. 
Thank you, by the way, Sharon, for what you what you offered about speaking in in um, in I terms. One of the things that I've learned um, <clears throat> about um, participating in course groups, um, given that most course groups um, have um, a fundamental orientation different than my own, is that as I begin to share in a course group, um, one can learn to read the amount of um, you can, one can learn to read the response in the room, and and I know I know exactly which things I can share in a course group that are part of this enormous um, shared commonality that I have with everyone in the group, and I know which particular aspects are a little outside of that shared commonality. If I speak about the enormous parts of the course that we agree on, of course there's no, there's no uh, difficulty in the room. If I venture outside, then it's important to me that I read how much agitation I feel in the room, whether there's a fear level that's going up people fearful of what they may hear or fearful of conflict. In course groups, what I understand to be so is that course students come to a course group um, for harmony and, the, and, and, to, and to wash themselves in, in, uh, in community with the words of this course. And uh, conflict is um, it's not what most people have told me that they pick up and and uh, and and drive to sit and commune with. So there's a limited amount of um, there's a limited amount of of tolerance for conflict, and um, and so people get fearful if they anticipate conflict and. Um, so I found it very helpful just to, to read the amount of agitation in the room as I speak. There's so much that I can speak about that we all agree on, but it's, it's extremely important to me that there be a base of commonality and that if I want to move into something that is um, outside of that commonality, I do so. It's very important I speak in I terms so that I'm not telling anyone what's correct for them. These being just uh, reminders that I give myself when I speak outside of what I know to be um, commonly held beliefs. And I defer in a group, especially in a, in a, a local group, I defer to the feeling in the room and I'll seek out um, at a later time uh, those with whom conversation can become a little more explorative. And I, and I just measure how much I want to move outside of what I can feel are comfortable bounds for that particular group. And that's, that's the way I proceed, and it's the way 
I recognize that I don't walk into a room at, um, of, of course students and, and have my, my, even my presence in a group um, in, increase the fear level in a group. Um, there are these differences in some regards among course students and throughout the course community. And um, I think we can all learn through a recognition of tolerance and a recognition of how to speak our truth and not do so in a confrontational way. It's a, it's a learning process for us all. And I think if we have common desire that we reach across and that we not separate and not do anything that increases separation or fear, that uh, as a community we learn to work uh, more tightly with one another and more cooperatively. For me, that does tie right in with today's reading. Because in this beautiful relationship, he has told me that I'm so close to God that there's no distance between us and so close to each of you that genuinely there's no distance between us. And that anything I can do that increases um, that concept and that that uh, reality for us uh, is in accord with our truth. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Thank Lee. Thank you so much, Lee. No. Thank, oh, you. thank you, Lee. Reverend Timmy. Hey, sorry, Timmy. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> so I've Timmy. been Skyping Reverend Reed during Lee's share saying, let's have a prayer. So let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Timmy, that's so cute. <laughs> okay. I think, well, I think a prayer is a wonderful idea. And we'll uh, close our eyes and draw that awareness within. Where we go now is a place we have never left. <laughs> it's the very center of our being, where we join with one another. There is no gap, no separation. It cannot be said too many times we are one self one son and that's where we join now we join in that oneness in that oneness there is no differences there's no separation we're not saying different things meaning different things there is no difference there is just one Son. It is the Christ mind. And we know this through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one with our right mind, is one with the Christ. It's the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one. And the Holy Spirit shows us right here and right now, what is real about everything? In this holy instant, which is any instant we choose, no matter where we are, no matter what we're experiencing in this quote-unquote world, that holy instant brings us to, if we desire, 
opening to the Holy Spirit, to our right mind, to forgiveness, which is showing us what is true, what is real. That's the healing. It's the healing, the separation. When I look with the eyes of Christ and I forgive, it means I see what is truly there in my brother and in myself. Love is what created me. Love is the only reality. There's nothing else going on. We can celebrate that. There's no lack, no need. There's only wholeness and holiness. And when we open to that, the separation is healed in us and in our brothers. We heal as we allow ourselves to be healed. This is our purpose in every instant. (laughs) And so we have gratitude for one another. We've come together. No accidents. This moment is so blessed because we've joined with one another in that place where we are one. This is the Christ's second coming. And now we go out and extend it. Extend the knowledge that there is no separation. We extend our love. We extend our light. And all is whole. We keep our promise. As God keeps his. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Amen. Thanks, Reverend. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. You all are extraordinary people. I've heard it said before. Um, a couple of business things. Um, I'm sure we want to keep this call uh, to run over a little bit more. Sounds like we there's some more healing that could be done. However, I'll need to jump off, so... Um, Lee or Reverend Rita, if you could end the call, that would be great. Two, Reverend Rita, I've been thinking about what you said about the study course, and I wanted to throw a thought out. What if we took, uh, we're we're coming dangerously close to uh, rules for decision, as you all know, and I just feel like we never have enough time for it. And so a couple things, do we want to do another seminar Um, On Chapter 30, do we want to think about maybe dividing the reading into two years because I just feel like there's never enough time? That's another thought. Um, Or just make the call, you know, an eight-hour day day because I think maybe that might help me. I don't think that's enough. So those are just a couple of thoughts that I wanted to get out um, this morning. Um, But I do need to jump. Do you want to keep the call recorded? Do you want to shut it off? Do an after call? Let me know. And we can address those um, questions um, later. We can continue a little bit. We'll take care of it. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Hey, don't forget my yeah. don't forget my questions, Lee. I think. What do you think? We did an RFD for a month. What if we What if we were to study chapter thirty every day for 
30 days. That first section, huh? Yeah. Just a thought. I, I could yeah, do it. Yeah, these are yeah, terrific yeah. ideas. Yeah. Listen, if we're going to heal the world, I've got to heal myself first. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I could use a little more help. I knew that, Chris. Chris, you're so funny. Oh, Thank you so much for all the stuff you do. What a beautiful share on the last call, and I just wanted to just tell you, you know, last night I learned real quick that, that I, the lesson is for me and nobody else, and I tend to be one of those <laughs> you did it kind of people. And when you shared your share this morning, it shifted me into such a peaceful place. I'm very grateful. Okay. All right, I'm going to go out and heal the world. Bye, everybody. Bye, love. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Sure, if it's all right, um, Reverend Regia, could we just uh, could we just ask whether there are shares that have been kind of in the in the in the works that people haven't had an opportunity for? Absolutely. I'm back at you, Lee. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> My only comment about this section is that um, is that. Uh, he bookends it uh, in the beginning and in the end with one idea that the that the body's uh, supreme purpose, when used by the mind in the way that uh, it was intended, is the uh, is the use of the body. In the first case, he says in sixty two, um, and yet, because it uh, because it does, the body can be seen as not your home, but merely as an aid to help you reach the home where God abides. I came on at, at the point that you were uh, speaking, Bryce, about the home. So the inquiry then is, where is my home, Father? How can the body be used to help me reach the home where God abides? And we know from earlier sections that it's also to be used to assist others in, in um, coming to Christ, not as a direct instructional um, aid, but in terms of being able to manifest everything we come to by way of our healing, our ultimate healing being coming to Christ, the body can be used across this world to manifest all the healing we come to in the direction of our coming to Christ. And he repeats that same idea. Remember the phrase was to help you reach the home where God abides. And repeats that idea in the very last paragraph toward the end. From here the body can be seen as what it is and neither less nor more in worth than the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's son into his home. So there's that same phrase, the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's Son unto his home. And that means not just oneself, but um, as we've learned earlier, uh, using it as that um, 
beacon of all that we've come to healing in regard to. And with this holy purpose is it made a home of holiness a little while because it shares your Father's will with you. As I think now, that's probably something someone brought up earlier, but, uh, but I'm happy to be able to share that. And my hope was if anybody had a, a burning share, there was a moment here for them to be able to Thank you, Lee. Um, this, oh, go ahead, please. Thank, Thank you, Lee. Anna? Um, I was uh, just particularly appreciating um, how Jesus brings forward um, the holy function of the body. Um, under the ego's um, command, the body, the body's function is completely different and seen and experienced by myself completely differently. Um, and he offers this um, several times through this reading, um, lifting the body into its holy function as we, as I uh, see it become a means for literally transfiguration um, in my understanding. So I was just appreciating that uh, while it was being read. Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Rana. Are you ready to reach it? Yep. Are we ready? I'm ready. I think I'm so. ready. I'm ready, ready. <laughs> to awaken. <laughs> Donna Marie Carey song. It's so beautiful. I'm ready to awaken. <laughs> i got to share it with everybody. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to awaken to what is already so. We'll close our eyes and we'll draw that awareness within as we join with one another. We are not separate. <laughs> we are one. And it is a beautiful relationship. That's what we're reading. In my creation, in our creation, there was a promise that I made to my source. I promised that I would know that I could never be apart from the one who created me. I forgot that. That's a promise I made. And I am learning I keep this promise every time I know that between my brother's mind and mine, there is no gap. I am one with my brother and not apart. It is a promise I made to my brother the moment I made the promise to my source, for we are one. He tells me, quote, the 
beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers is a part of you because it is a part of God himself, unquote. If this be so, I am perfect as my source is perfect and so is my brother. There is nothing I could need or want. There is no distance between us, no gap where lack could enter. And we read this today, a space where God is not, a gap between the Father and the Son is not the will of either who have promised to be one. God's promise is a promise to himself. I have a choice to make. Do I really want the truth to be true? Do I really accept that I made a promise to God, my source, to know there is no gap between my source and who I am, no gap between my brother's mind and mine? Do I accept that my body is merely an aid to help me, quote, reach the home where God abides, unquote, and where I never left? And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, tell me of my true home where love abides forever. Where do I find it in this dream I made? Lead me there that I might bridge this gap I thought was there and know eternal holiness, eternal wholeness, and eternal health. I hear you tell me I will find my home in the very center of my being where I am one with my source and with my brother. You tell me my body is not my home, And now you tell me that my home is built upon my, quote, brother's health, upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him, unquote. Now I pray, please, Father, Mother, God, tell me then what health is that I may heal and be healed. And I hear your words through Elder Brother in A Course in Miracles, quote, The Holy Spirit teaches you to use your body only to reach your brothers. So he, the Holy Spirit, can teach his message through you. This will heal them and therefore heal you. Health is the natural state of anything whose interpretation is left to the Holy Spirit who perceives no attack on anything. Health is the result of relinquishing. Health is the result of relinquishing all attempts to use the body lovelessly. And health is the beginning of the proper perspective on life under the guidance of the one teacher who knows what life is, being the voice for life itself. Thank you. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Reverend Rita. Beautiful. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you, Reverend Regis. Thank you, everybody. Blessings. Oh, Wendy, thank you. Thank you.